Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Shape the Culture's weekly message. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, where every week we aim to deliver a creative, authentic, motivating, inspiring, enchanting, whatever you want to call it, message. Um, Really, the purpose is to provide you with something that sets your heart, soul, and mind on fire, that makes you think about your life, that makes you think of think of ways to improve your life, um, and also ways to pass on messages to others. That's the big purpose of why we follow the model of each one teach one, that as you listen to these messages, as you read the messages on shapetheculture.org, that you find a way to implement it in your own life and then pass it on so others can implement it in their own lives. That way we can just help each other continue to get better one by one. So if you're a first time listener, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for taking the time to check us out. I hope you enjoy it. If you're a continuing listener, I want to say how much I appreciate you continuing to tune in. I hope that you continue to enjoy these messages. Make sure you leave me any ratings, reviews, constructive feedback that you have. um, And we're going to get right back into our continuing series. So this week, we are continuing our mastery series titled How to Be a Master. Um, And this series is focused on us learning how we can become masters really through our character more than anything. And especially this week for this message, we are going to really identify the the principle of character first and then ability afterwards. Um, And it's my belief that our life principles and how we conduct ourselves translates directly to our craft and our expertise. And so last week, we, we kicked things off by looking at the message Jesus gave to the 72 disciples before sending them off to teach and to preach. And we really looked at that. We looked at how Jesus didn't give them too many instructions about how to teach and how to preach and how to heal, but he gave them more so instructions on how to conduct themselves while they're out in the world. And I think that was really important for us to investigate because we examined the lessons Jesus wanted his disciples to learn as he warned them about being lambs among wolves and learning how to take nothing with you. And then the most powerful thing I think of that speech was he he was living knowing that the kingdom of God is near. And he was telling them that you have to live knowing that the kingdom of God is near you at all times. And so this week, we're going to stay in the book of Luke and keep reading from chapter 10. And this week, we're going to read the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this story teaches us the lessons of being a good neighbor and the power that lies behind compassion. And so this week, this message is titled, Like a Good Neighbor. So I'm going to read from Luke 10, verses 30 through 37. And it reads, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. 
Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So we kind of know that this story from Jesus is one of his more popular stories. And when we read it and we hear about the Good Samaritan and the Jewish man being beaten up, we're always amazed to hear how the despised Samaritan stops his travels to help out the Jew left on the side of the road. And it, it truly is the ultimate story, right, of, of choosing love over evil. It's, it's a great illustration of being able to turn the other cheek. And it, it really embodies everything that Jesus was about, right? And that much is clear. But when we begin to look closely at the details, I think it, it, it's also a story that illustrates the power of mastering our own emotions and placing our best interests in the good of humankind. And I think to really understand that before we dive into the story and really start to look at the parts, I think it's important that we look at the backstory because what happened before Jesus told the story is just as important as the story because Jesus was intentional with everything that he did, right? And so we have to look at what happened to him. See, Jesus, right before he had told the story in the previous chapter, in Luke chapter nine, you can go and read it for yourselves. Jesus had been rejected by the cemeterians himself. He had gone to their villages and they had cast him out. They rejected him from their villages. And they had almost treated him so badly that a couple of his disciples wanted to, you know, inside a fight and, and fight for Jesus. And Jesus told them to stop. And so the cemeterians were part of his group of enemies. And this is so important because Jesus used them as an example of the model citizen. Even when, even though they showed him hate, he continued to show them love by not holding it against them and then also continuing to uplift them as well. And so to do this, I believe that Jesus had to be able to look past himself. He had to look past his own feelings. He had to believe in the greater good. He had to believe in himself and to trust that not only does everything happen for a reason, but that even our negative emotions and experiences can be used for our growth. We cannot be masters until we're open to learning from the good, bad, and ugly in our lives. Being a master means we see how our lives are bigger than ourselves. We're able to see how the use of our skills and talents that we have contribute to the greater good because Jesus was a master at teaching and preaching. And so knowing this, he saw how perfect an opportunity he had to teach his followers about compassion and turning the other cheek. So now let's get into the story. We read that Jesus, that a Jewish man is stripped, beaten, and left half alive. And when we think about it, right, because we just concluded our Jonah series, that this is reminiscent of Jonah's story. This is truly another representation of being in the belly of the beast of being left down and out, abandoned, feeling like you have nothing left. But this story served another purpose because it comes with another ending. This is a story that's about compassion. Compassion being your concern for the sufferings or experiences of others. When we are motivated by compassion, we can endure through conditions that would normally break us. 
we're able to push past ourselves and gain invaluable experiences that literally shape the culture around us. Because being a good neighbor, the cemeterian had to push himself to one, stop his travels, and then help out the abandoned Jewish man. And it's interesting that as Jesus tells us the story, that he labeled the cemeterian as despised. He didn't say that the cemeterian despised the Jewish man. He labeled the cemeterian, cemeterian as despised. That means the Jewish man despised him. And this shows us that Jesus had compassion for the very people that rejected him. He understood that the political climate of his time left the cemeterians isolated. They were an isolated people without any love or justice being shown to him. Jesus saw into the heart of the people. He was able to see straight to the core of the issue. It was bigger than religious or cultural differences. It was about people demonstrating their commitment to serving the greater good, no matter who you are. And it's no coincidence that when we think of masters, we think of those that demonstrate the character of the good neighbor that we witness in this parable. We think of the Martin Luther King Juniors. We think of the Gandhis. We think of the Buddhas and the Mohammeds. And we think of Jesus himself. We consider Steve Jobs, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Barack Obama, masters of their crafts, not only because of their abilities, but because of their characters, right? Those are only a few examples of people that follow the mantra of character first, then ability. But we see it all the time. We see it in, in our day-to-day lives. People that just have char- characters that just shine as a light. And no matter what they do, they just seem to, like we talked about last week, just be living in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is near them. Because the truth is, you can have all the ability in the world, but if you don't have the character, then you won't fulfill your greatest potential and contribute to the world in the positive manner that you are meant to. When we look back at the story of the good neighbor, we see him heal the Jewish man, take care of his wounds, take him to an inn, and then pay for his stay. And look at this. He did all of this without once asking for anything in return. He even told him, if you need more money, I'll pay it for Pay it when I get back. Don't worry. Don't ask him for anything. Just take care of him. He did all this without worrying about his reward or even considering his own plans. Like he was traveling. He was clearly going somewhere, but he halted all that. He put that all to a stop and he did it effortlessly without any trouble. That's something else that I want us to look at because a master can work and serve without any worries. Because when you are focused on demonstrating heavenly character, Everything else seems to take care of itself. That's the secret part of this story that I love because it's nice to read how much the cemeterian helped the Jewish man, but it's even better when we realize how effortless the rescue was. Because the cemeterian was in the right place at the right time and made the right choice, he was blessed to complete his mission without any troubles. Because truth is, he was on the same road as the Jewish man. So he was facing all the same dangers. He could have been beaten up. He could have been stripped. He could have been left half dead. But like I said, the kingdom of God is near you when you focus on character first. And to reach mastery in our our lives, we have to be willing to live like a good neighbor. We have to put others before ourselves and decide to use our skills and abilities to serve the needs of others. It's okay to want to be well off and want to live a glorious life. 
but that doesn't have to distract us from contributing to the greater good. One of our biggest motivators should be our compassion to change the lives of those in this world for the better. When we adopt this attitude, I truly believe that our road to mastery becomes that much clearer. So the moral of the story is be a good neighbor. You know, focus your efforts, your abilities, your talents, your skills, your power into contributing to the greater good of society. I think we all have that as have that inside of us. And I know sometimes, you know, we get focused on, like I said, it's not wrong to be focused on your own success and to want to make a better life for you and you alone. That's good. That's 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 grand. But there's something inside of you that that's meant to contribute to somebody else, at least. You know, like I said, it's all about each one, teach one. And to be really to be considered a master, like when I think of masters, like I said, when I name the people such as Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, people on that level, we think of these people that are contributing to society on a greater level, that are really focusing all their efforts on making sure that when they leave, when they're gone, that they've made others better, you know, that they've contributed to the greater good. And I think that's important for us to all lean on and think about. So thank you once again for making it to the end of the Shape the Culture message. Like I said, I, I hope I gave you something to think about, something to implement in your daily life. I'll talk to you guys all next week. I love you all.